Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hello, everyone. I am recording on the go again today, so the audio quality might not be perfect and there might be a little bit of background noise. I hope you can enjoy anyway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we're going to take the flip side of the discussion from a few weeks ago about resting. And first off, no, that's not a typo in the title. Busyness is an actual real word. I thought it was a made up word, but Merriam-Webster says it's legit. According to Merriam-Webster, the definition of busyness is the state of having or being involved in many activities. I wanted to talk about this today because this is something I'm encountering a lot lately, as are most of my colleagues. I think things always feel a little shorthanded in the summer, since most folks use at least a week of their vacation time in the summer. And this summer is feeling especially busy for us because we're temporarily short a few doctors. And of course, that can't be all of it. We're also short on staff at the moment, just like pretty much every other health system out there. Fewer doctors around means a little more call for everyone and a little more of a challenge with access in the office. And of course, being short staffed makes the office day a little less organized and everything runs a little bit behind and it all feels busy. These are temporary things and in a few months it should be a lot more settled, but at the moment, honestly, it's a challenge. I'm guessing you've all been through times like these. Feels pretty rough in the moment, but generally you get through and it's all fine on the other side. The issue is that most of us in academic medicine are awfully busy at baseline. When was the last time you thought, this is a nice slow week, I'm not busy at all? Never, right? Being busy can feel like part of our professional identity. Sometimes we might even consider it a pride point, unconsciously probably, but it still might be there. Look at me, I'm very busy and important. I'm not going to bury the lead today. I'm going to get right to the main point. As a sweeping generalization, the belief I'm so busy is not a helpful one. The kind of pride point I just mentioned might be the exception. If it's making you feel important or productive or accomplished or wanted or valued, then I guess believing you're busy in those specific scenarios might be serving you. By and large, though, it just doesn't. In most situations, feeling busy means feeling too busy, which is driven by thoughts like, I have too much to do, I'll never get it all done, there isn't enough time, I'm so far behind, I'll never catch up, there's no time for sleep, there's no time for anything fun, my work is going to be below my standards because I'm too busy to do things right. Do those sound familiar to anyone? Time scarcity is a common theme there. And most of those thoughts lead to overwhelm. Feeling overwhelmed usually drives activities like spinning your wheels, being paralyzed, not being able to pick what to do first, getting confused about what's important and what isn't, the types of actions that lead to proving true any of those overwhelm-inducing thoughts. Now, if you're thinking, well, not me, when I'm feeling super busy, that's when I get really motivated and get a ton of stuff done. And to that, I would say probably not. That's an example of mixing models. The I'm too busy type of thinking doesn't create a feeling like motivated or driven. You get those types of emotions from thinking very different things. This is one of those places where a simple thought substitution can make a world of difference. 
I've actually gotten fairly good at declining when my brain offers to me that I'm too busy. I know I'm constantly telling you all, don't worry if this isn't easy at first, it takes practice. And this is one of those areas where I've done the work, I've practiced, and it doesn't feel hard for me anymore. So whenever I start to feel overwhelmed by the amount of work I need to do in the space of time I have to do it, I'm able to immediately shut it down. The first thing I think to myself is, stop it, you have plenty of time. And it's not really a scolding, it's just a directive to stop thinking time scarcity thoughts. A lot of times, that's all it takes. As soon as I shift away from overwhelm and scarcity, I'm able to channel a more useful thought like, you've got this, which then drives the organization and action and I get my shit done. While I've made it clear that my usual recommendation is to just get everything done, avoid procrastinating, there is a time and a place for selective procrastination. If you find yourself in a situation where you're overcommitted and it truly does not seem feasible to accomplish all the things you need to do in the amount of time available to you, now's the time to start pruning your to-do list. The first step to this is to drop all of your assumptions about what you must do and by when. I'll remind you that you don't have to do anything ever. Everything in life is optional. It's a matter of what results you want and or are willing to accept. Once you're clear on the fact that you get to pick and choose everything you do, the next step is to decide what things are high priority and you don't want to give them up or skimp on them. For example, for me, sleep. As someone in a profession where I am often sleep deprived, I'm pretty protective of my sleep when it's within my control. I know how much sleep I need to feel well, and I'm usually unwilling to sacrifice that for anything else. So I know to remove that number of hours from each 24-hour period because that time is off limits. And then it's a matter of plugging in the rest of the things that are really important to you and deferring or dropping the things that aren't. A lot of times your brain might offer to you that they're all mandatory. No, they aren't. Question everything that you believe to be true and factual. For personal and family obligations, things like, well, I have to pick up the kids and that's going to take an hour. Do you really? No, I'm not suggesting that you abandon your children, but does it have to be you? Is there a friend or a family member that can do it for you? Is there an option for carpooling and you can take a turn at a different time? Is it an activity that the kids don't really need to go to and you could just skip it this once? For things like laundry and errands, these are things that many people hire out. It might not be practical in the moment of a time crunch to do the legwork of figuring out how to make that happen, but it can be a fantastic long-term strategy. You may even want to start making a list now of all the personal household type things that you don't derive enjoyment from doing yourself and figure out how to hire those out. There may be a lot of things that you decide you'd rather pay someone else to do because the time gained is more valuable to you than the money spent. For academic and work things, the big three questions to ask yourself are, does this really need to be done? Does it have to be me? And does it have to be now? For the longest time, I had a bunch of things on the bottom of my to-do list. I think I talked about this in the time management episode. The to-do list I use has a section that you can use for things that you want to do at some point, but they're not time sensitive. The idea is that every now and then when you've got some spare time, you'll take a look at that section and take care of some of them. This section is very fittingly at the literal bottom of the list. Well, guess what? I never got to those things. 
I have enough time sensitive things that I'm not going to just have a random chunk of time for random tasks. And I'd never remember to look at the bottom of the list anyway. For a little bit, I actually tried putting a time sensitive item on my to do list called look at the bottom of the list. But when it came up, I always just postpone it to a different day. Eventually, I decided that all of the things at the bottom of the list were things that just weren't that important to me, because if they were, I would have done them already, and I deleted them all. When you're feeling too busy, take a look at your current list, because there might be one or two things that really just aren't all that important. How about does it have to be you? If you're a micromanager like I am, your immediate response will be, of course, yes, it has to be me. Question that, people. Might there be an administrator that this could be delegated to? What about a junior colleague who needs more involvement in some career growth opportunities? What about a trainee, someone who might need to learn? Could they be mentored to take on the tasks with your supervision since supervision is usually less time consuming than doing? And does it have to be now? Some deadlines are more flexible than you might think. As someone who is very rigid and concrete in my thinking, this fact usually eludes me. I wouldn't even think to ask for an extension. That idea just wouldn't even come into my consciousness all on its own. But if you're the type of person who's built up plenty of equity for generally getting things done on time and well, what's the harm in occasionally just asking if an extension is possible? The answer might be yes. One other question I like to ask myself is, what will happen if I don't do this? This is a really good exercise in figuring out what your thoughts are about a particular task or project. And once you know what your thoughts are, you can examine them and decide whether you want to keep them or not. Here's a perfect example that happened to me recently. Like many of you, I'm a regular reviewer for a couple of journals. There's a big high impact one that has hundreds of reviewers. So that one sends me like maybe three to five per year. And then there's another one that's equally rigorous, but a little more niche, so it's not quite as high of impact. This is a journal that I've personally published in several times. It's the journal of a professional society with which I'm very involved, and the content is all things that I really love and have some expertise in. Well, this journal sent me three requests for reviews in one month, and I declined all three. When that last one came in, I had a moment of almost saying yes because it felt like something I had to do but it also felt like a really terrible idea to say yes, knowing what my calendar looked like and what I would have to give up to make it happen. So I was able to pause and take a look at my thoughts about why I felt I had to do it. And here's the basic idea of what came up. If I decline, they'll stop using me as a reviewer. If I decline, the editorial board will think poorly of me. Okay, so the second one is definitely not a good reason because I don't control the thoughts of the editorial board who, by the way, almost certainly have no idea which individual reviewers accept or decline which requests. And the first thought, they'll stop using me. Well, their decline form has a free text box and you can type in your reason if you want. So I typed in that I would be unavailable to do reviews until after X date and that I would be very happy to get an assignment after that and thanked them for considering me as a reviewer. Was that really so hard? Lastly, I think it's a good exercise to ask yourself how you ended up being so busy in the first place and see if it's a reason that you actually like. Are you early career and trying to open as many doors for yourself as possible? That might be a reason that you're happy with. Are you taking things on out of professional guilt? That one might not be so satisfactory. But if you determine it's something like that 
and you decide to keep busy doing those things anyway, make sure you control your narrative about it. It's, I'm choosing to do this, no one's making me, it's my decision. How about, is it a combination of being overly ambitious about how much you can do and how much time, and or maybe some areas for improvement in your time management strategy, or maybe being overly rigid with self-imposed timelines? I don't usually run into this combo myself with work stuff, but I definitely do with hobbies. I've had more than one occasion where I decided to knit or sew things as gifts, but on a very short timeline, almost always because the idea just came to me, not because of a lack of planning. And then I found myself feeling very busy as I was scrambling to use all of my free time and create more free time to get them done before the deadline. Except there's no deadline for gifts. If you're knitting a baby blanket, for example, it doesn't have to be done before the baby's born. It's not like if they don't have it on their first day of life, it's suddenly a useless item. Those self-imposed deadlines sometimes are just nonsense. Here's one that can be a factor for us academic types. Are you continually taking things on because you enjoy the stimulation and challenge and growth that comes out of learning something new? That one might be another reason that you like in principle, but it's very likely you can be plenty fulfilled and also not be overscheduled. Are you perhaps an accomplishment junkie? Now I'm gonna immediately retract a little bit and say there's nothing necessarily wrong with that despite the connotation of the word junkie. I just used it because everyone would know immediately what I mean. And here's a sneaky one. Are you taking on so many tasks and making yourself busy all the time because you don't really know what to do with yourself if you're not busy all the time? So if it's one of those last two, accomplishment junkie or fear of being alone with your thoughts, I think that merits a little bit of journaling or thought evaluation. Are you in need of external validation because you're not giving yourself the love and validation that you deserve just for being you? Do you need to do some work on your inner monologue so you enjoy hanging out with yourself? There are limitless possibilities because we're all unique individuals. Whatever your reasons may be, you just have to know what they are so you can decide whether you like those reasons, whether they resonate with your personal values and sense of self, and then you can make an informed decision about continuing on your current path or not. And if you'd like some help working through this, come visit me at whitecoatlifecoach.com and schedule your free consult. All right, that's it for today. See you next time. Opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.